It's Gotham Season 5 time, Legend of the Dark Knight Season 5, Episode 1, Year Zero, and this is Gotham TV Podcast. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell. You're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites and fellow detectives. It's Derek here, one of your hosts of Gotham TV Podcast, and we're here with episode 129 of Gotham TV Podcast about Legend of the Dark Knight, which is Gotham Season 5, Episode 1, Year Zero. Yes, welcome back, Gothamites and fellow detectives, to this episode of Gotham TV Podcast, and I am the other host in this duo. This dynamic duo, indeed, mm-hmm. uh, John. So, yeah, welcome back. It has been a long time, fellow Gothamites. Yes, I think we were last back on in June, uh, but there has been a long break. We promised much stuff, but unfortunately, uh, we were over on our sister podcast, Defenders TV podcast, doing um, a huge run of shows there as well from the Marvel Netflix. So if you enjoy a bit of Marvel as well as DC action, please head on over to Defenders TV podcast uh, for all your Marvel Netflix Defenders. So Daredevil Season 3, I'm Fist Season 2, and Luke Cage Season 2 as well. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately as well, all three of those have been cancelled. Similar to Gotham as well, it is... Uh, coming to an end with these 12 episodes of season five i would say less cancelled but coming to its natural end of its run yeah Uh, from all accounts it seems that cast and crew writers are really happy to have been given season five to finish out um their story of the dark knight the background to that legend of the dark knight the batman Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we are going to make this the best possible podcast about Gotham. We are the longest running podcast. We've been here since way before the start of Gotham season one. We'll be here right up to the end of this season. We've got lots of special fun things going on throughout this season. Already, we can tell you we've seen the first couple of episodes of this season and they are great. They're really, really exciting to talk about. Really looking forward to it. And I also had the opportunity to sit down with David Mazus, who plays Bruce Wayne back at the end of filming of uh, season five of Gotham. So I have some thoughts about each of the first three episodes, and then I'll be able to put out our full discussion, about 10 minutes of just a discussion with David about Gotham season five. So really looking forward to sharing that with you. Yes, but if you are a long-time listener of Gotham TV podcast, then welcome back. And of course, you know where to go uh, to subscribe to the podcast. And if you are new to Gotham TV podcast, then please head on over to GothamTVPodcast.com where you can pick any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice. Please subscribe, leave a review and rate us. Uh, sharing the podcast is sharing the Gotham love. Uh, with all the fans and community that come together, uh, it really is a magical place to talk about one of uh, our favorite shows on TV. And yes, as Derek said, we have seen the first three episodes and wow, are they giving us something special. So um, this should be a fantastic finale season, season five of 
Gotham. Yes, we are recording our episodes ahead of time at the moment for the first three episodes anyway. We will reserve an area for your feedback, of course, as always. If you want to send in your feedback, just email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast. Or hey, follow us over on Twitter at gothamtvpodcast. Leave us your thoughts about the episodes and we'll share them on the following podcast about the next episode. But I think with that, into our spoiler-filled review of episode one of season five. Derek, what are some of the episode details? Unsurprisingly, we're back in really familiar territory for the first episode of season five. Once again, directed by Danny Cannon and written by John Stevens, who've taken care of the first and last episodes usually of every season so far of Gotham. So really good to have them together on this opening episode, setting up so, so much of the season to come. Yeah, absolutely. This is like egg and chips. They are tasty, familiar And of course, scrumptious. They always provide a great feast. (laughs) Well, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with the synopsis for the episode? Sure. Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne face the chaos Gotham City has become. Their mission to keep the city safe becomes more complicated as the villains who survived the attack on the city begin to resurface and claim various territories. Meanwhile, Selina Kyle grapples with how to deal with her uncertain future. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much more going on in the episode, and as always, we will talk about it in our top five case notes for the episode. But first up, as I mentioned, I did sit down with David Mazous about this episode and about the first three episodes a couple of weeks ago. Here's his thoughts on episode one. Hey, Derek. Hiya, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, mate. Doing good. Welcome back. Thank you. We've seen the first uh, three episodes of season five, so I'd love to get your thoughts on where where Bruce is in this season. So in episode one, we kind of have Bruce uh, watching over Selena during the episode and helping out the GCPD, who are really depending on his help. What's Bruce's state of mind at the start of this season? Uh, I think, I mean, I think you kind of characterize it. He's he's really just trying to do whatever he can. Um, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the entire city is in disarray. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is, you know, no, nobody's getting sleep. Everybody's running low on food. Um, and you, you can you can see that uh, with, the characters and, and their actions and what they do and kind of um, their their mindsets at the beginning of the season. Um, and Bruce is no exception. And uh, he's going to kind of be uh, all over the place, but he's going to be doing whatever he can. I think, I think he's just kind of living every moment um, just, just to get through it and just to, just, he knows what he needs to do. And he's just trying to, to get through this time. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's how I saw it. Absolutely. And we see after kind of four seasons, we have a moment with Jim Gordon officially confirming that Bruce has a place in the GCPD if ever he wants it. So nice, nice big moment there between the two characters. Yeah, that was a very big moment. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for that, uh, David Mazous, uh, for your quick thoughts on episode one. Yeah, it certainly is um, an episode where you get to see um, Bruce Wayne sort of grappling with you know, his personal demons with um, Selena Kyle, but also then that kind of um, responsibility he feels for the city of Gotham and yeah. the communities that live in there. Uh, and it, this is a really nice moment with, you know, um, him promising to bring in supplies to the city that has been forgotten about. But also I, I think you have that really good moment uh, with Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon atop of the GCPD with a very familiar lighting implement uh, which, of course, doesn't have a certain symbol on it yet. Yes, mm-hmm. that big spotlight there. But it's a nice reference as well, back to 
season one, episode one, and the first meeting of these two characters. So it's a really nice little touch point there. Uh, but you do, you see Bruce Wayne grappling with his role and responsibility within Gotham, but mm-hmm. also his own personal feelings uh, for Selina Kyle and the horrendous stuff that she is going through uh, that we see in this episode as well. So yeah, um, really good thoughts on, on episode one. Absolutely. We'll have more from David in the next episode of episode two. Let's get into our case notes, John. Case note number one, day 391, No Man's Land. Yeah, a little bit of time travel here really, isn't it? Um, really good stuff seeing everyone sort of uh, arm up and uh, get their guns uh, and you kind of think okay what is going down here um, and you see Jim uh, getting all sort of uh, ready to go into battle you see Harvey Bullock sort of having his Dutch courage in, in the <laughs> bar with his whiskey as he brings his shotgun but you also see um, the Riddler and Penguin uh, suiting up um, getting their weapons as well. Mm-hmm. And you think that it is the four of these kind of coming together um, to go against one another. And instead, you have this moment where um, you have this rallying cry from, from Jim Gordon of for Gotham, as yeah. they seem to be repelling some kind of attack in Gotham. And it, it's difficult to know who it is. I mean, I, at first, I kind of thought this was the the army or or those forces outside of Gotham on the other side of the river that you know aren't letting anything in and through at the moment. Uh, but it could be some kind of menace happening from within the city as well. Just not entirely sure yet, but... Obviously, then, um, you know, it, it rolls back uh, in time to day 87. So we get this glimpse of the future and, and see the, um, you know, that that gorgeousness of, of what is to come and how they will traverse their way through the siege of Gotham uh, to get there. Yeah, yeah. I was really interested by this idea that we have, you know, the Riddler at the beginning of this episode, we see him back to himself, back to the Riddler that we know, the kind of fully formed Riddler that we've seen once or twice throughout the episodes over the last couple of seasons. So we know everything's going to work out for him, even though throughout the episode, the version that we see of him is very different. Like 391 days, you're talking, you know, over a full year away, you know, so this whole story is going to spread out. What we don't know is where this this part of the episode lands in terms of the episode numbers for the season. So we don't know whether the, whether the season's going to end with this exact scene. But it's a lovely moment. I really like it. I love also that Harvey Bullock gets his own theme tune. A little Irish jig is yeah, playing when he's sitting at the good, bar. It? You know, Penguin gets his theme tune as always. Riddle has his his theme. And we have uh, Jim's theme as well. But it sounds like Harvey Bullock has his brand new theme. I've never heard it before. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gothamites, but I've never heard an actual theme for Harley, Harvey Bullock. It was quite a cool one, though. Yeah, but they're teaming up here uh, like uh, in the old days. Um, so, yeah, it's just a nice moment where they all file in uh, behind Jim Gordon, mm-hmm. leading them to, uh, the, the, you know, kind of the, the walls of Gotham where they are repelling this enemy of Gotham. Yeah. Um, so interesting stuff, I think. A nice setup, a lovely opener for the episode. Yeah, it really is. But moving backwards to day 87 and the current state of play, we see here Gotham split into a huge range of different factions yeah. which, um, and, and territories, which is really cool. You know, um, I love the way this yeah. is set up in the episode. I love Jim on the phone talking to the unnamed person on the other end. And he goes, oh, do you want me to explain this whole thing again? Okay, Penguins in City Hall, Babs and Tabs are over in the Sirens Club. We've got the Scarecrow on the west side. We've got 
We've got Firefly and uh, and Mister Freeze battling it out up in the north. You know, he's it sounds so put upon to explain this after ninety days behind the walls of Go- Gotham with the bridges down in the city. Nobody's coming to help, and he's still explaining to them. Do you not get how dangerous this city has become? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's a good little walkthrough of all our old antagonists, protagonists, and, and where they are since this um massive disaster and chaos that has beset Gotham. Uh, and I, it, it is really nice here. You know, the sirens with, with Babs and Tabs sort of being quite savvy that they trade in information. Mm-hmm. You've got other factions that are warring against one another, like Mr. Freeze and Firefly. Interestingly, we do have it mentioned that there has been no sight of Jeremiah Velasca, yes. uh, which is an interesting uh, point to make because of someone who crops up later in this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have two other gangs as well, maybe a little more low level in terms of the low boys yeah. uh, and the street demons as well, which I noticed on the map, which is really, really uh, interesting. We do get to see the low boys, but not the street demons. Yes. And the sh- street demons sound as though they could hook up with Skurko because we do see him torturing one of um its area's citizens. Yes. Uh, I think crucifying him, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty, pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And we do have another whole big area as well. It's almost maybe like a no man's land or something. I don't know kind of what it is, but I thought it was a territory, and I was wondering, well, who um has that territory? But it just says Robinson's Park. Mm. So this but this seems to sort of separate Firefly, Scarecrow, and Mr. Freeze in the north from the GCPD um, from the Penguin with City Hall and where the sirens are. So maybe this is a bit of a no man's land, but at the same time, then we have not yet seen, say, where Professor Hugo Strange is, were Jarvis Tetches or indeed Poison Ivy. Yes, yes. Comic book readers will probably know what that area is referencing. Uh, it is specifically in the No Man's Land storyline, but we're not going to spoil them this episode. It may actually have been spoiled in the preview for next episode coming up, of course, uh, or the next episode after that, or for the season, so we don't want to spoil it, though. Um, but it is very noticeable there's no name on that territory uh, at the time. Um, but I do love this intro. I like this moment where we have it, and we mentioned Scarecrow. Scarecrow plays a pretty big part in this episode because he does become the first to attack the GCPD center. Uh, yeah, they have their own area as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Some blocks are separated out and controlled by the GCPD. They're taking in refugees from the city, uh, and those refugees are kind of turning on them because they're not feeding them well enough. Is basically the way it looks. It seems like they're starting to turn on their protectors, even though the only other option would be out in the streets and rallying in behind one of the other villains. Yeah, I mean, I think the other really interesting thing about this kind of walk through all these different territories is, you know, Captain Gordon is speaking with, and in some cases pleading with, um, this unknown voice on the other side. Mm. You you kind of feel it's the military um, and so on, you know, pleading for assistance, pleading for supplies. Um, and it seems as though, you know, on the other side of the river, um, away from the blown out bridges 
that Gotham is in some ways being contained. It really kind of reminded me of those, um, you know, viruses, uh, and you contain the outbreak. And yeah, it's just yeah. that Gotham has gone so incredibly crazy and mental that basically the, the president, the military, the home guard type forces are really just saying, that you have to just live it out and survive as best you can, that there is no help. So you you really do get the sense that um, there is going to be no assistance from the outside world Mm -hmm. to even uh, the GCPD. Um, And so, yeah, it all seems fairly uh, bleak, really, for Jim, the kind of regular citizens of Gotham, Harvey, and the the members of the GCPD who stayed behind, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. I love that Lucius Fox also stayed behind to work with Jim as well. I love that he's a proper member of Team Good Guy. He's there, still on the island, still with them. Um, John, do you want to talk a little bit about Scarecrow's attack on, on the city, I suppose, on the GCPD and on the hospital? Yeah, I mean, this kind of further ramps up the pressure, really, on the GCPD. All the lights go out, um, and... You know, he, he's stealing medical supplies. He's stealing food. He's stealing weapons. Um, and this whole attack by Crane on the GCPD, uh, it, it is a nice little touch. You know, it, it, it ramps up the pressure on Jim and Harvey who have just had to kind of quell sort of, um, their authority being questioned yeah. by a group of the, the people under their protection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, Selena is having to go through surgery um, because she, and I suppose this moves on to our case note three, Selena hasn't made it out of the city yeah. like we thought she was going to at the end of um, season four. So she was shot by Jeremiah Valeska uh, at the end of season four, but she hasn't made it out. And during this crane attack, she is about to go under surgery because she is effectively paralyzed. Um, and... They have to stop, I think the doctor quotes in probably not the most medical of languages, uh, to stop her spine from going to mush. Yes. And yes. so I don't quite know how that happens, but she is paralyzed. And to be honest, I I really um, absolutely thought these were some of the um, toughest um, scenes to watch in Gotham for some time mm-hmm. because um, Selena Kyle is in pain, uh, but not just pain from the paralysis but also mentally you see uh, Cameron Beacon Dover does a really good job here of of portraying this loss of hope from a character who has been you know very active very acrobatic in many respects and now all of a sudden is bedridden yeah um and luckily there are backup generators here. So whilst Crane is attacking the GCPD, um, the, the doctors are able to continue with the operation mm-hmm. that absolutely helps her, uh, spine from disintegrating or degrading even further. Uh, but she really is a lady without hope at this moment. And I, I thought it was a really great performance by Cameron Beacon Dover. Absolutely. Like, she's our first point of view character that we saw right back to the first episode of Gotham. You know, she's always been this acrobatic character. Uh, At the end of the last season, at the end of season four, we saw Alfred taking her out of the city of Gotham before it crumbled. They were about to get in a helicopter. We didn't see them actually leave, and there's a little throwaway line that they never actually made it out of the city at the time. So we didn't know whether they'd be separated. Uh, I believe if we go back to our last episode, we were talking about possibly Selena being the one giving information to Bruce 
inside the city from outside the city but she never actually made it out so this makes everything tougher i love how they've set that up if she'd gotten out of the city there's a possibility that they would have been able to actually fix this by now and have have everything sorted but three months in she's still having medical problems because they're just in a clinic they don't have the world's greatest doctors and everything at their disposal so um, she's having a really tough time there's a great moment from cameron Bickendover where she's reacting to bruce and saying to him the whole reason why she was attacked and she was shot by Jeremiah of Alaska is because of him, because of her friendship. That's what almost killed her. After everything she's done, after all the bad things, all the people that she's gotten the bad side of, it's because she was friends with Bruce that this has happened to her. So another huge wedge between her and her only real friend in the city at the moment. Um, We have her attempt to commit suicide as well, which is a really, really tough scene to watch. Yeah, definitely. You know, she's always been this kind of on the outskirts of everybody, keeping herself safe the whole time throughout these last four seasons, and then this moment where she feels like, that's it, hope is lost. But I think in true Gotham fashion, there's a real contrast here. Um, you know, Selena um, is playing a, a part here, that, or Cameron is playing Selena in a really important way here, in, in terms of that idea of being suicidal mm-hmm. after a debilitating accident that's left her paralyzed. But then at the same time, you have the lighter touch that Gotham brings as well uh-huh. uh, with the spooky nurse, um, which I have to say really <laughs> took me back. I, I, I suppose some of our American listeners wouldn't maybe know Blackadder. It was an episodic uh, sitcom um, on BBC television with Rowan Atkinson. Mm-hmm. You probably know from Mr. Bean or, or things like that. But there is this moment where uh, in uh, Blackadder uh, season two, where it's set in Elizabethan um, times, where he talks about the wise woman. And this whole spooky nurse is talking about the witch, like the wise witch and the wise woman. And Mm -hmm. I'm like going... Okay, this is strange because she has got kind of clowny makeup going on here. <laughs> so I'm kind of going, is this Jeremiah in some way, like playing games with Bruce? Um, but she's just constantly going to Bruce. She needs to see the white witch, I think, or the witch. The witch, yeah. And then just after uh, Selena has kind of been subdued after trying to take her own life, she comes in and goes, the only way to cure her is... If she sees the witch and, <laughs> and then we kind of see that Bruce is more than likely going to take her to the witch. Yeah. Uh, um, so it, 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 it's kind of silly and funny. It is a truly, truly gossip moment. I say spooky nurse. I love that they don't, don't even give her a, uh, an actual character name. It has to be spooky nurse in the credits. <laughs> really good touch. Very really good touch. Let's get on to case note number four, the lion's share really of the episode, which is all about Oswald going head to head with the sirens. We find out that Oswald's been hiding out in City Hall ever since he killed Butch at the end of Season 4, and Tabitha has been waiting for her moment to take him out. That moment comes when Bruce gets the helicopter with, a supp- with supplies into the city, and the weapon of choice is used on the helicopter. We have a rocket launcher coming out to blow the helicopter <laughs> out of the sky. Fantastic moment. Yes, we do. It is that classic moment of, look, here's our hope, here's our hope. There it goes in flames. Um, <laughs> Welcome as, to Gotham. Yeah, and then there's kind of this massive standoff and fight between at least the initially the low boys who come in to claim the supplies that are in the helicopter mm-hmm. 
Oswald shows up, really just assuming, well, it's mine, then the GCPD, and then finally uh, what happens is Tabitha comes in trying to get uh, her hands onto Oswald for revenge for the death of Butch, and again, leads to um, her being killed and stabbed by the Penguin. You know, we, we see this moment of, you know, shifting power here. The GCPD don't have enough bullets to even fire. Penguin, anyway, is effectively saying there is no law and order here anymore. You might call yourselves the GCPD, but you have no real power. You can't arrest me. Um, and then, you know, it suddenly switches with Tabitha effectively coming in, taking out a number of Penguin Stooges and holding him at gunpoint. But what we do find sort of weaving its way through this episode is that Penguin does have some problems in his own territory. Mm-hmm. He is able to make bullets and he's got this production going, but um, he's really keeping his workers fed just to the point where they can still work. And even that might not be enough as Mr. Penn is kind of warning him that they're starving uh, and quality and quantity of the bullets is going down 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 and we see a number of misfires here and i love that description from mr penn where he says that the reason why the production is getting worse and worse is they've lost another worker who hasn't eaten in a few days and fell into the press for the for the bullets it's just such a gotham moment once again where we have that that moment of trying to explain to one of the big bads like Penguin, that he needs to actually help the people that are working for him. And the reason why is because they're falling down dead and stopping the production line. Hilarious. Great moment. No, absolutely. So, I mean, you have the shifting power, you have all of this, but ultimately uh, Tabitha then uh, is looking to get revenge on Penguin. A real surprise here, the loss of Tabitha after three and a half seasons on the show. She wasn't one of the original characters in the first in the first season, but has really made herself felt since she joined up with her brother Theo Galavan back in season two. Uh, she really has made herself a big presence on the show. No, absolutely, she really, really has. Um, and yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know. Effectively, in the space of what two episodes and what eight months, maybe, um, that we've lost Butch and Tabitha mm-hmm. in, in two episodes. So. It's real shame to see her go. Definitely. Um, but certainly this has hooked up another revenge storyline here with um, Babs absolutely promising to take Penguin down. Uh, but of course, she doesn't get to do it there and then. She only does this once she has laid Tabitha to rest back at the Sirens' territory because Bruce shows up with using his fighting skills as well, is mm-hmm. able to help out the GCPD by getting bullets uh, from Penguin's van that he's come in to give to Jim and Harvey and the crew that are there. So ultimately, these supplies do get back to the GCPD territory. So it's really, really very gang warfare here in, in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of shifting territories, shifting relationships and, and power balances. And it's, it's really, really pretty good. Yeah. I love seeing Barbara scorned. It's one thing that Aaron Richards has always played really well is the aggressive side of the character of Barbara Keane. Um, 
there is this moment, like we've been talking about back since season one, the character of Barbara Keane has had the moments of being in relationships with women, has the moment of being in the relationship with Jim Gordon as well. She's been in a very long relationship with Tabitha over the years. They've been very close to each other over the years. We know that Tabitha and Butch also had a relationship. The nature of the relationship between Barbara and Tabitha really wasn't explored too much on the show. But we do have a moment earlier on in this episode where Barbara tells Tabitha that she needs her that she has to be around. I don't know whether there's a romantic connection between the two of them anymore, but she's definitely telling her that she wants her to survive. She doesn't want her to throw her life away just because Butch was killed. But Tabitha seems to be fully focused on taking out Oswald. And if it costs her her life, that she's fine with that. But it does cost her her life. And this is now, as you say, the new relationship now between Oswald and Barbara is that Barbara has vowed to kill Oswald. Yeah, I mean, there is that moment where Oswald says, well, can we move past this? Can, you know, we put the whole uh, killing of Tabitha and Butch behind us and move on? And she's like, no. So, I mean, this is Mm -hmm. absolutely going to cause trouble for these two characters. Again, how much is it to read into uh, No Man's Land Day 391? Because uh, Barbara wasn't there. So is she still in play or is this something else that's that's happening and she's just not there at the moment. But it'll be interesting to see how all of this ultimately unfolds. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on to our final case note for this episode, John. Case note number five, Ritter is alive in other stories. Really, because there was so much happening in this episode, we need to kind of pull a bunch of things together in our final case note. Uh, Throughout this episode, we see Ed waking up in different places with a really funky I think you called it the goth Ed. Yeah, it's goth uh, Ed. Yeah. yeah. Goth Ed Enigma. Um, yeah, he's really got that kind of goth look going on, but only in his hair. Otherwise, he looks like Ed. He talks like Ed, but I think he's the Riddler because he keeps saying, Ed, you're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels as though Ed has taken control of him because he's waking up in dumpsters on the top of um buildings. He doesn't know how he's got there or why he's got there. And so for him, um, you know, there is that loss of control. And he feels now that it is Ed Nigma who is doing what the Riddler used to do to Ed. Maybe sweet revenge. But I think also we do have to remember that at the end of the last season, we yeah. did have uh, Hugo Strange stood over the bodies of both Ed Nigma, the Riddler, and Leslie Tompkins. Yes. And he's like, what am I going to do with you? Yes, yeah, so and it's not dead, baby. Yeah. It's not dead. Exactly. So this is something that has been done to the Riddler by Hugo Strange. Maybe. Is it... In something involving Leslie Tompkins or are we to see Leslie Tompkins maybe in the next episode? So, uh, this will be an interesting one to find out. I mean, this was the least territorial or gang related. Um, this seems as though Ed very much is on his own having to deal with waking up in strange places, not knowing how he's got there and mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. You see him putting pins into a map and trying to see if he can make connections as to where he's going, why that's happening. And he is at this moment in time putting it down to Enigma um, and his blackouts as the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting touch there, and I'm sure we're going to see more in the later episodes. Uh, also in this episode, we saw Echo, Jeremiah's former partner, um, now fully covered in makeup, looking very Harley Quinn, may I say, in this first episode. Just a bit. Yeah, but she does make her way into the GCPD and just draws the symbol of 
the Joker or Jeremiah. I suppose we've been seeing the symbol all across Gotham since episode one of season one of Gotham. So this symbol makes its way onto the map, the big ha 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 symbol over the middle of the map of Gotham uh, that she seems to draw while uh, Jim has his back turned. We also get a phone call from outside of the city. Yeah. And Jim is told that there are allies across the river. So mm-hmm. That's kind of an interesting kind of idea. I think for me, it lends more to the idea that the authorities think that this is an outbreak that they have to contain. But there are other people who know and see that there are people that need help and assistance yeah. in Gotham. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's good to know that there are allies across the river. That's ultimately the, the radio, the, the two-way radio um, sort of beeping into action um, causes Jim to come in to find uh, the the Joker-like symbol of ha 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 and the eyes uh, drawn onto the map after we've just seen Echo uh, looking over mm-hmm. the, the map of Gotham. Yeah, who is it that's on the other side of the river? That's what I want to know. I wonder is there some kind of remnant of the Court of Owls who are always there to save Gotham or protect Gotham or bring Gotham back to life after it's been destroyed? I wonder are they involved somehow? Is it other members of the Leagues of Shadows that aren't part of Barbara Keane's Sirens, possibly? It's the League of Shadows, maybe? Yeah, well, that's what I thought, to be honest. Be- mm. Just because, you know, that was part of the plan, was to have this chaos happening so that the Dark Knight would rise, mm-hmm. that Gotham's protected, but they didn't want to destroy Gotham in the sense of having it isolated. It was about bringing forward the saviour and protector of Gotham. Yeah. While still... Connected, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have the arrival of, I guess, next week's plot uh, at the end of this episode, as a young boy appears from the other side of the city to tell Jim that he and all of his brothers and sisters are being killed, prompting Jim to get all the GCPD rallied together to save Gotham again. Um, a nice little moment at the end of the episode, but totally kind of your trailer for next week's episode, right? Yeah, definitely. I think this is a kind of nice little... Uh, flow into next uh, week's episode mm-hmm. and we'll see a bit more of Chaos Gotham um, and different territories. Maybe we'll get to see Firefly or Mr. Freeze. Uh, maybe uh, a bit more about with Echo or uh, indeed more with the Allies or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, certainly uh, this kid has travelled far to bring this message of death and destruction. Mm-hmm. That's it for our top five case notes. If you've been with us for the last couple of years, you know that we talk about our Gotham moment of the week and our Gotham character of the week uh, as we get to the end of our episode. Gotham moment of the week, John? I think for me, it has to be the helicopter blowing out of the sky with the rocket launcher. It's just a huge, wonderful Gotham moment. And I love that it immediately throws suspicion on Oswald because he's really the last person, including himself and Butch, that generally have a rocket launcher at their disposal at any time. That was a great moment. I I, I think I have two. One is more of a maybe a little serious one, Mm -hmm. possibly. Uh, I I love the aftermath of the helicopter and, and Penguin having the bullet taken out of his leg that... Um, Jim has shot him, uh, you know, so that they can head off with the supplies for the GCPD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mr. Penn is there kind of holding on to Penguin. Penguin is shouting, screaming as this doctor is pulling out the, the bullet. But just Oswald saying, I've only just gotten my leg fixed because he's, <laughs> you see him earlier having these special boots put on that kind of maybe just strengthens his legs up, you know, reduces the hobble that he has. And it has a really good knife attachment as well, which is used 
to full effect against Tabitha, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the idea that he felt he was all fixed up and good to go. And now, you know, Jim shot him in the leg in order to get the supplies from the downed helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other really good moment of the week is the spotlight atop of the GCPD precinct with Jim and uh, Bruce Wayne up on the rooftop there with the spotlight um shining out and Jim just going, it reminds people that even in darkness, there is light. And of course, that is just that fantastic little reference back to Jim Gordon saying that to the young Bruce Wayne just after his mom and dad, Thomas and Martha Wayne, had been killed in the alleyway, you know. So that's a nice little uh, nod back to the start of Gotham there. So, you yeah. know, that I always like to see. I think, uh, you know, it, it's good for the, the mythos of this show, uh, but it's also good for fans who have been there from season one, episode one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's lovely to see uh, Bruce Wayne echo that back to Jim Gordon this time. And I, I like that Jim's response to it was, I kind of like to remind myself of that sometimes as well. It's not just for the city of Gotham, it's also for me. Uh, Gotham characters of the week. Um, I almost, <laughs> I almost wasn't going to choose this one. I was almost going to go for the wonderful new character that's come on board for this season, Ed Oswald's new yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. Very cute, uh, the little yeah. bulldog. <laughs> like, like that he has a little pet in there. Um, but it has to go for me to the spooky nurse. In total agreement, uh, mm-hmm. spooky nurse all the way for Gotham character of the week. Uh, <laughs> she gotta was, see the witch, John. Yeah, I've gotta see the witch. Um, really. Where do I find the witch, Derek? Where do I find the witch? Um, yeah, great. It, again, it's just one of those kooky things that is the, um, you know, in all the seriousness of what went down in that hospital, mm-hmm. there was this moment of crazy kookiness that Gotham does like to bring. Oh, yeah. Um, and it didn't feel out of place. It felt right for the tone that this show has developed and evolved into uh, over these five seasons. So yeah, mm-hmm. spooky nurse, big red eyeshadow for sure. Yes. Big, big lips. Yes. You would wonder, does she have enough makeup to keep that look up? Or if Bruce comes back tomorrow, will she just have no facial makeup left because she's used it all on that day? You know, <laughs> uh, let's close out the episode. It's been seven months, John, but how do you rate the first episode of season five of Gotham? Legend of the Dark Knight. I think this is a really strong episode one for the fifth and final season. So I give this four and a half beaky nosed freaks out of five. Um, you know, I just like the way it took you on this tour of this new chaotic Gotham. Um, through all the characters that we know, it, it brought some real touching moments with the death of Tabitha mm-hmm. and the suicide attempt by Selena Kyle. You have Bruce Wayne really um, just building into his his role as the protector of Gotham. You can see he wants to do it, you know, and at the same time being absolutely distraught with his personal relationship with Selena and what she's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so some great moments here. We have the promise of Echo and Jeremiah, even though um, they have being out of sight and out of mind. We don't know what's going on on the other side of the river. And what was that Ford Gotham rallying cry about from uh, Jim Gordon with Riddler and Penguin stood at his side? So, you know, it's some it's real nice um, setup for this season uh, and to give us a tour of this, 
year zero of Gotham, where it is isolated from the rest of the world. It is self-contained and it is becoming fractured and factionalized with these different territories. And, and we get, you know, that nice lead in to see, uh, with what has happened to this kid. Where does he come from? And why is he looking so horrifically malnourished uh, and pretty scared? Yeah. So, um, yep. Great opening episodes of Gotham for, for me. And Derek, what about yourself? I hate to say it, we've been covering the show for so long, but I've forgotten how good Gotham is when it's firing on all cylinders, and it really was in this episode. I love seeing big-budget DC on TV. It's so good. You know, obviously there's so many other shows over on the CW, all the other uh, Arrowverse shows that are there, but this is proper big-budget drama. It's the best of the DC shows. We've said that on many occasions, and I'm so glad to see it back for this final season of 12 episodes in its rightful place every week telling a big story and you could tell that every single person in there is committed to doing the best story possible that they can do with these characters in this situation and it's a great situation i love no man's land it's such a great storyline love that the city is cut off and that the government are just going yeah yeah you guys just um i guess survive but we're not going to give you any medicine or, or food to <laughs> yeah, take care of you absolutely. and uh, we'll leave you in there with all of the villains uh, to uh, to take care of you as well um i love that i love that they've completely turned their back on them. this absolutely would create the dark knight wouldn't it oh absolutely um and, and probably a few alcoholics as well <laughs> poor poor harvey uh there is of course no feedback for this episode as we said we're recording a little bit ahead of time and hopefully have this episode out directly after you've watched it on fox as it airs on the 3rd of january and to close out our review of season five episode one here's a little bit more from david mazus about season five of gotham for yourself, David, now that you've come to the end of this final season, I guess, of of, uh, of Gotham, we spoke uh, back in at Here's Villains Fan Fest in London just after you guys had been confirmed for the 10-episode season that was originally supposed to be Gotham Season 5. We got a 12-episode order for the final season. How do you feel that the season has wrapped up for you? With no spoilers to, it, to the end, but how do you feel the season's wrapped up? Are you happy with how Gotham has had to close out a show? Yes, I'm I'm brilliantly happy. I'm extraordinarily happy. I was I was very disappointed when at the prospect of not getting picked up for for um a fifth season mainly because the end of season 4 obviously now now it's out in, you know it's out in the public. Mm-hmm. Um it obviously that was not that was not the intended end to Gotham as a story. And one of the best things about the ending of Gotham is that we really get to see the world of Gotham which is so stylized and so kind of um unique in itself and and the the batman universe which is also very unique and also very stylized but slightly different we're finally going to see those two worlds collide and we're going to see how gotham becomes that batman that batman world um we're going to see it we're going to we're going to see the entire city and our characters slowly change um and pick up these kind of trademark comic little things um from mustaches to canes to um monocles we're we're finally going to see um Everybody really just come to life in their in their comic book incarnations of themselves. Excellent, excellent. And I suppose one final question for you as we're getting to the end of our time. Everyone is really firing on all cylinders in season five of Gotham. What do you hope the fans get out of this final trip through Gotham? What do you hope that they glean from this final season? I mean, I think I, I just hope that they glean what what Gotham was was meant to bring to the mythos of Batman, kind of just origin stories, um, showing where these people came from, how they became larger than life how they went from being regular people to being to becoming larger than life and i think you know season five is especially that story um as we're finally getting to the end of of our road 
Thank you so much, David Mazis. And thank you so much for all the time you spent over the years talking to us on Gotham TV podcast about Gotham uh, and all of the show. We'll, we'll happily have you back again towards the end of the season if you'd, if you'd like to come back to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've absolutely loved your, your time on the show and, and watching you grow up into, into our favorite Bruce Wayne has been an absolute pleasure. So thanks so much thank for taking the so time out of your day. Yeah, thank you so much for your support. That's so great from uh, David Mazous, I think. Uh, really great to hear his thoughts on how the moustaches, canes and monocles are going to play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, um, yes, this is a prequel to that Batman verse when Gotham has the Dark Knight. And it's great to see the origins um, of of these heroes and the villains. So... I really can't wait to, to see all that. And of course, I think as well, um, it has been such a great uh, ride through these five seasons. And I think it's really good that, as David Mazou said, that they got this five season to close it out, to really uh, you know, draw into a bow Gotham, uh, to allow it to explode like a penguin or a Joker bomb into the world of Batman and the Dark Knight. So, uh, yeah, really good stuff. Thank you so much, David Mazous, for your kindness and generosity with regards to giving your time and your thoughts to Gotham TV podcast so that uh, we can share this with the fans and community of Gotham. Really good. Thank you. Absolutely. And as I said, we have a bit more from David for episode two and three of season five. Uh, next week, we'll be back with our review of the second episode of Season 5, Trespassers, which airs on January 10th. But if you want to send in any feedback to us, just email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast where we'll have, as we mentioned, some discussions with David Mazous about the episodes as they're coming out. Also, some other surprises coming up for the rest of the season. Make sure you subscribe at our website at gothamtvpodcast.com, where you can go to any good or villainous podcast catcher to subscribe to our podcast. And please come on over to join our Facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. And of course, we are on Twitter at Gotham TV podcast, where we will be tweeting live for season five of Gotham. Nice. Yes. Right, I like that. I like that. We're going to try and do as many live tweets as possible uh, throughout this season of Gotham. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, fellow Gothamites, for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure speaking with you. I'm off to go and set up my own territory in this chaotic Gotham. <laughs> I think it's going to be the GTVP area. I like it. I like yeah. it. Can I, can I come in? Yeah, of course you can. Excellent. Excellent. You're all welcome. All Gothamites. We can fight off intruders and all sorts be fab excellent is there a bar there is a bar and a nightclub and a great canteen fantastic love it love it we'll go off to our new gtvp area then thanks so much for joining us gothamites talk to you again next week yes speak with you next week bye I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast.